This is Business Beyond Bizarre, a podcast of the slightly unusual. Here's your host, Peter Anthony Holder. Hello and welcome to Business Beyond Bizarre, a podcast that takes you off the beaten path, introducing you to people who have slightly quirky hobbies or businesses. Kappa Egargris Hercus. That's the fancy official name for the common goat. Having goats means you have an extremely versatile creature. There's goat milk, goat cheese, and goat soap. Goat meat has the same amount of protein as beef, but with half the calories. Goats produce cashmere and mohair, some of the softest and most luxurious materials in the world. They cut down on weeds and keep your grass trimmed. Goats are also excellent pack animals, helping with hunting and hiking. Yes, they're the Swiss Army knife of animals. Back in 2016, Lainey Morris found a new vocation for goats on her Oregon farm. Lainey was the first person who built a business doing goat yoga. I spoke to her back then when this was just a fresh, quirky idea. But now, goat yoga has taken the world by storm. I didn't see this coming. But then again, neither did Lainey. Well, who could really <laughs> imagine that this could be real life? I'm as surprised as I think everybody else is. I think, you know, when it first came out, everyone thought, well, you know, they'll get their 15 minutes and it'll be gone, like every trend usually. And boy, five years later, and even throwing a pandemic, and we're still really doing well. And we estimate now that there's over 500 goat yoga businesses all over the world from Switzerland, Germany, Australia. And we think that it's probably about a $5 million a year industry now. So, no, I could have never fathomed this. <laughs> you've got the website. You've got a newsletter now that you send out. Mm -hmm. Have you been franchising in this? Because I noticed that you mentioned other locations. Are you all interconnected in a way? Have you built this into a franchise situation or what? Well, I'm not technically a franchise. What I do is I sell the licensing to use the original Goat Yoga logo to use my platform to sell their tickets. I have a full-time event coordinator that does all the private events. We have 10 locations all over the U.S. For instance, our San Francisco location, before the pandemic, they were going to Google's campus every month to do uh, employee health and wellness goat yoga events. And, you know, we've been to Facebook and some of the most huge companies in the world have hired us to do goat yoga. So technically, they're not franchises, but satellite locations, so I do all the back-end marketing, social media, advertising, and event coordination, customer service, and then they just put on uh, awesome events. For those of you who might have been out of the social media bubble for the past five years and don't know what we're talking about, what, in a nutshell, is goat yoga? You know, it might sound crazy, but people believe in horseback riding or taking your dog for a walk. It's just really about getting outside, surrounding yourself with animals, and getting a little exercise. And yoga is pretty much the perfect pairing with goats because goats have a very calm demeanor. And it just brings people down to forget about their stress or depression. Or It's just good for your mental health to be able to get outside. 
And especially when these animals are just so loving and social, which surprises people about goats. Goat yoga seemed like the perfect pair. Lainey started out with a half a dozen Nigerian dwarf and pygmy goats, which usually grow to about 35 to 40 pounds. Her first class back in 2016 was about 30 people, but she had a massive waiting list of over 100. Things quickly changed for the woman who had a simple farm. Plus, she also worked in corporate America for about a decade at the same time. I worked a corporate job for 10 years, and then I I don't think I ended up telling you on the first interview. I probably hadn't quit that job yet, but I ended up quitting and and doing this full time. So the farming part is about the easiest part. (laughs) So she's gone from six goats to 12, but she's willing to go up to a baker's dozen. I have to have a limit because people always try to give me their goats. (laughs) (laughs) My farm is a sanctuary, and so I do take in animals, but I have to have a limit or I'd have a thousand goats right now. (laughs) So... I originally had 13. I thought 13 is a good number because I started my first goat yoga class on August the 13th. My birthday is on the 13th and I have 13 goats. I have a license plate that says goats 13. (laughs) So I'm just looking for that one special goat that needs to be rescued. So I'm taking my time. I don't have to do it right away. Besides the goat count, how has her business grown and changed over the last six years? We started the Gotel, which is also being licensed around the United States. Our first one started here on my farm in Monroe, Oregon. And it's a day space where people can rent it just to spend the day to work, read, relax, whatever they want. It's no overnight stays, but it's nice to just get out in the country and spend some time you know, with animals and escape their normal life. Our San Francisco location lives at the top of Mount Madonna in Watsonville, California. And she had a yurt that sleeps six and a couple other RVs up there that we rent out. I mean, we do goat yoga retreats, a goat-themed vacation getaway. I think it's a really unique offering that the trouble is, is everyone's doing goat yoga now, and now I have to really get unique in my thinking to always be offering something different that no one else is. And if you're wondering what kind of goat is best for goat yoga, be it old, young, male, or female, the answer is... All of the above. I think any goat, as long as they are raised to be social and loved, they'll be a great goat yoga goat, no matter what their size is. I know a lot of people use the Nigerian dwarf, which is a breed of mini goat, because, you know, when they're babies, they like to jump all over people. But I personally, my favorite breed is the boar goat, which is a meat goat, and they need to be rescued. So I've got boar goats that I've repurposed to be therapy goats. They have just the most wonderful personalities, and they're actually a little more loving than my mini goats. So I think, you know, raised correctly, uh, you put the time in, love in, and, and you get a very loving goat out of it. So what does the woman who virtually created the industry of goat yoga think of the explosion of goat yoga around the world? Is there anything about the business that she's not okay with? In other words, what gets her goat? I think Instagram hijacked my goat yoga (laughs) idea and it became all about having a goat on your back. And that's not what it's about at all. You know, this is a therapy for people. You know, not everyone does well with talk therapy or and so they connect with animals and that's really what goat yoga is about. You know, it is fun when they're babies and they jump on your back and they're crazy, but 
the adult goats who jump on people's back, they usually just lay down on your yoga mat and nuzzle their head into you. Or So I, I think having always constantly having babies so they can jump on people's backs isn't sustainable. You're going to have a thousand goats. What happens to all those babies? Do they stay in their forever home? I'm not really on board with the, the goat on your back pictures. <laughs> I realize social media kind of created that too. You hear that Instagram? Get off her back. She is in no mood to kid. If you want to see how to properly do goat yoga, you can go to Lainey's website at goatyoga.net. Business Beyond Bizarre. When was the last time you were smacked in the head with a pillow? I'm going out on a limb and say that it probably wasn't in adulthood. Well, pillow fighting is not just for kids anymore, and it's moving out of the bedroom and into the boxing ring via the Pillow Fight Championship. PFC, as it's known, hosted its first live pay-per-view event in Florida back in late January. Steve Williams is the CEO of PFC, the event where childhood horseplay becomes a professional combat sport. So... What was the genesis of this event? This is not my idea. It's my brother Paul Williams' idea. When I first thought about it, I, I wanted to hit him with a pillow <laughs> <laughs> and uh, other things. We started thinking about it. We played around with some of the uh, design of the actual pillow. We, we didn't want it to be like a bedroom pillow fight. It needed to be more of a, a professional sport with a combat pillow. We accomplished that. After a lot of testing, we've got the right formula. It's just been a crazy ride ever since then. We put on a few events, and it's just been really successful. The inspiration came from some encounter bats that, that my mom bought for us when we were kids so we could beat the crap out of each other. They hurt. Pillows actually hurt a little less than those things. That was kind of the inspiration. It's, it's just pretty cool that it's coming to fruition. I mean, it's the media attention is worldwide at this point. It doesn't seem to be slowing down. Okay, so what exactly is a combat pillow? In other words, how different is it from the one I put my head on at night? The pillows we use are a super high-quality goose down pillow. You buy them at Bed Bath & Beyond. It's a Wamsuda side sleeper. They're about $180. So, so you could definitely sleep on these pillows. But the magic is in the pillow case itself. It's a heavy-duty ripstop nylon with some special handle design that eliminates the floppiness and turns it into a kind of a weapon with quite a bit of centrifugal force. So when you get hit with it, you don't get knocked out. There's no blood. You don't lose any teeth. But it doesn't feel good. It, it makes quite a good fight. You see a great competition. But again, no blood, no violence. You could go full on. There's a lot of techniques. You see a lot of the skills, the fighting skills and dodging skills from the, the fighters. And it just makes a great show with a lot of sound also, because when the pillows hit, there's a loud pop. It's either a, a pop or a boom. It's kind of a bass treble combination. And it's exciting. It just adds to the excitement. We started this in Delray Beach. We're in Boca Raton. It's the next city over. We did what we call PFC 1. It went perfectly. Uh, everybody loved it. So about a month later, we put on PFC 2. PFC 2, we had a, there's a billionaire that has a, a fight club in um, Sao Paulo, Brazil. And he came to our event and he saw it and he loved it. And he actually knew some of our MMA fighters. So he invited us to put on three fights down in Brazil in the month of October. After being down there for a month, we put on these three events. It was very well received. From everything we've got going on, we've had about 15 million uh, hits on um, our Instagram page and TikTok. What is the background of the battling Williams boys that led them to creating PFC in the first place? My background, I'm an entrepreneur, so normally I'll take my own ideas and turn them into businesses, and I've had 
plenty of failures. I've had a few successes. So I kind of took it from the administrative side. Uh, my brother's also an entrepreneur, so we tend to duke it out. We grew up duking it out. Which one of the two of you uh, is older, Steve or Paul, and uh, which one won more as a child? Paul is older. Paul has always been a great brother. He's very kind, which is where I think that this pillow thing came from. I, I'm more of a, I had to keep up with him. I was his little brother, so I'm, I, I'll punch him full force and he'll take it easy on me. So <laughs> I think that's where it came from. Notice how the conversation always seems to swing back to Steve and his brother fighting. Hmm. Anyway, despite the seemingly violent nature of such a sport, if you take a look at PFC's website and glean through their photos and videos, in a bizarre way, this sport does seem to actually be a family-friendly version of MMA fights. It is. It's crazy. We've had people that show up in pajamas with their kids. We've even taken a few of the kids and put them up on stage and let them go at it. I mean, it's just a blast. That was actually my brother's idea to come up with something that's got all the competition without the blood. And there's a lot of people who don't want to see the violence. I mean, football or, or whatever sport it is where there's a, a combat, that they just don't want to see that. And the sponsors don't want to see it. So I think we've got something that's, let's say, Disney-friendly, good for the whole family. And it's, it's probably the most ancient combat sport in the world. Everybody grew up pillow fighting. I'm going to warn the parents out there, there could be some collateral damage from watching these because I get the feeling kids are going to go home and tear up the house. (laughs) (laughs) But we hope so. And uh, (laughs) we've got a whole plan for uh, marketing our pillows into the fight schools around the world. So we'll be adding pillow fighting to your local karate judo school. Oh, once those kids start swinging their own pillows at home, no table lamp or figurine within striking distance will be safe. But that's a discussion for another day, probably with your homeowner's insurance agent. Meanwhile, just who are the professional pugilists getting pillow pummeled in the PFC ring? So far, all of our competitors, uh, I'll say most of them are trained MMA athletes or, or boxers. We're using basically all black belts, at least black belts on up. We have had a few common man fights, which are also good. We had a couple of Marines that we are including in, um, in all of our fights. Uh, support the arm, armed services. Those have been great battles as well. Men and women, and uh, we may add some, could be husband and wife fights. Um, you may have a, a target of a couple of people that have a gripe with each other and bring them into the ring. Things like that could be crazy. PFC fights are three-round bouts. So what exactly are the rules of the ring? It's all about basically hitting the person in the head as hard as you can. There's some extra points for style. The rules we've been kind of keeping a bit close because with each event we're making minor changes so we didn't want to come out with an official set of rules yet until we get everything perfected if you want to get a glimpse of what pfc has to offer you can check out their website at fightpfc.com from there you can watch a replay of their pay-per-view event at fight.tv and that's spelt f-i-t-e dot tv There, you can watch to see if the pillows cushion their falls. Next time on Business Beyond Bazaar. We go back down under to Australia to meet Professor Shoelace. He's the man who knows everything you need to know and more about tying your shoes. And trust me, you need to know more. And you'll meet the inventor of diving chess. That's where you play chess at the bottom of a swimming pool. This guy can decide his next chess move and hold his breath at the same time. He's a real pawn star. 
This has been Business Beyond Bazaar, a presentation of Flying Fish Communications and Group Fair Play. Thank you.